Welcome guys to Wisdom's Echo, this is Stephen McKee and today I want to talk about the altar of sacrifice. Um, I want to read something written by Madame Guyon because I've been on a, a search, if you like, for these past few years to really understand what is it the saints of old had, like the Celtic saints, I'm always speaking about the Celtic saints, what is it they had? What is it they did that enabled them to walk in so much power? And there's maybe more than one answer, but one of the main things is that they yielded everything. They died to self, and they knew where it was to get, for example, I forget the name right now of the, the little boats. They would just go in a little boat and set onto the sea. I was going to say set sail, but it wasn't even a sail because they didn't have a sail. They just let the wind take them. And they did not even know where they were going to go. They just trusted nature. They trusted God. They trusted the Lord that he would take them to wherever they were to go. And they would end up in islands and Scotland and different parts of the world just by trusting the waves, trusting the sea. <clears throat> excuse me, and they just gave up everything, they gave up their families, they would leave their families behind, in fact I think it was um, St Columba where they they got to a certain part of Scotland but they could still see an island in the distance from where they were so they moved further up or further down, what I can't remember, the coast of Scotland so that they couldn't see Ireland because they, they knew they had to leave the past behind. They had to leave where they came from behind. And these people, whether it's the Celtic saints, whether it's revivalists like Catherine Kuhlman, whether it's whoever you want to mention, John Wesley, Charles Wesley, especially John Wesley, the revivalist, whoever they were, they would just go, I mean, they would go on a horse for days and weeks. They'd be beaten. And I'm not saying we need to look for that. We're not wanting persecution like that. But they were willing to pay the price. They were willing to go wherever God wanted them to go. And they would travel up and down this land, like John Wesley, on a, on horseback, and be rejected and be beaten. I mean, uh, the other day there I saw what was supposed to be John Wesley's diary, and I think it was. You can never trust these things on Facebook, but I think I've read it before. Where if he wasn't like persecuted, had not, if he hadn't had stones or bricks thrown at him or something happened like that, he he began to get worried, thinking, "Oh God, what is happening? Have I backslid?" <laughs> because he he knew that there was a price to pay. And I'm not saying we need to look for persecution like that. I don't mean that. But what I'm saying is. There is a price that these men and women paid for the presence of God they had, for, for the move of God that they had, for the anointing, whatever you want to call it. And it's something we don't necessarily have because we've had quite a comfortable life. It's maybe not been so comfortable this last year with lockdown, but there is a price that God is looking for. But it's not so much even outward persecution it's about the cost of a or of giving up herself and let me just read this from madame guyon because really this is the the key 
to us all walking in something greater than what we are walking in right now. It's amazing what we've got right now. We've all seen levels of um, God moving, revelation, encounters, engagements in the heavens. We've all seen a measure. But I really believe God is calling us into a deeper, deeper experience. And that, that only happens through dying to self. In fact, I remember a few months back when Ian Ian Clayton was really ill and he, he says himself he nearly died and it was only then that he, he encountered I, I'm, I can't remember who it was if it was an angel or a, a person in heaven or maybe it was the Lord himself and said right now I can begin and Ian's like what begin like I thought I had begun in other words, he had to get to the end of himself. He said that. He had to get to the end of himself before he can even begin. And we are the same. We must get to the end of ourselves, the, the end of our gifts, the end of our abilities, the end of even our ministries sometimes. And then the Lord might say to us, now I can begin. Because he's not looking for our abilities. He's looking for our availability. He's not looking for how how well we can build a ministry or how well we can build a, a church. He's not looking for any of that. He's looking for how yielded we are, how surrendered we are, and how willing we are to give up ourselves so that we can truly find him, take up our cross daily, to really lay down our life so that we can begin to find resurrection life like maybe we've never experience before so let me just read this and this is Madame Guyon and it says this ascent unto God now we must ask the central question how does the soul ascend to God I mean that's an amazing question because we all talk about ascension and ascension groups and ascension this and ascension that but do we really do the next part the soul ascends to God by giving up self, giving it up to the destroying power of divine love. Yes, giving up to the annihilating power of divine love. This giving up of self is essential, absolutely essential. If you are to plumb, experience and continually dwell in the depths of Jesus Christ, it is only by the destruction and annihilation of self that you can pay homage to the sovereignty of God. Oh, I mean, I just want to stop there. Like, there's a place in God where you can come into where you are utterly in his will, his perfect will, not the good, not the acceptable, but the perfect sovereign will of God, where he and you have agreed this scroll in the heavens together. But oftentimes we wander in and out of that book, if you like, by doing their own thing, by allowing ourselves to be alive and therefore not walking in the fullness of the Spirit. But it's only through the annihilation, if you like, of our own self, our own ways, our own desire. Even Christ said, not my will, but thy will be done. It's only then we can plumb and experience and continually dwell, continually dwells not visitation it's, it becomes habitation beyond 
the veil, where it's not even ascension and ascending, but it's habitation in that realm of the holiest place. Or actually what it was called, really, was the oracle. To dwell there continually. It is only by the destruction and the annihilation of self that you can pay homage to the sovereignty of God. You see, the power of the Lord is great and he is honoured only by the humble. Let us see if we can understand this just a little more. I'm still reading from Madame Guyon. It is by the utter destruction of self that you acknowledge the supreme existence of God. The hour must come when you cease all living in the realm of the self. You must cease to exist in self so that the spirit of the eternal word may exist in you. By the giving up of your own life, you make way for his coming. Did you hear that? By the giving up of your life, you make room for his life. You see, we're looking for his life. We're looking for his blessing. We're looking for his favour. We're looking for his power. We're looking for his glory. But for us to experience the depth and the fullness of that, we must give up ourself. To the measure we give up ourself is, is the measure we experience of God, of Christ, of his presence. Yeah, oftentimes we can have his favour and his grace and he's merciful. But if we want to walk as a generation in fullness, we've got to be a generation that fully gives up ourself. Not just a bit, not just a tenth, not just half of us. There is not room in us for two people to rule. It's either Christ who rules or we are ruling. And therefore we're not walking in the fullness. So we must learn to give up ourself. So that the hour must come when you cease all living in the realm of self. You must you must come sorry, you must cease to exist in self so that the spirit of the eternal word may exist in you. By the giving up of your own life you make way for his coming. And it is in your dying that he lives. Do you know we're all looking for the power to walk through walls, to walk on water, to turn invisible, to trans-relocate um, at will. We're all looking for that. But, but it's by giving up of our own life that we make way for his coming. And the fullness of who he is and the fact that he can live in us and through us can only happen as we are fully dead to our way, our self ourself so that he may become your life for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God that's true but we need to appropriate that scripture it's not just the fact that you read that and somehow like Christ is everything you're dead yes it's a promise but we need to um the truth of that to be worked out in our life so this is the experience that renders to God and to God alone all blessing honor glory and power forever and ever this experience, this prayer, is the prayer of reality. This is reality. Annihilation is, is worshipping God in spirit and in reality. All true worship is in spirit. To be in the spirit, the soul is annihilated. When I say soul, I mean the soulish realm. I'm not talking about the soul itself. And Madame Guyon maybe uses this language. But it's talking about that realm of 
our will being in control. And spirit, you enter into the purity of that spirit that prays within you. You are drawn away from your own soulish and human methods of prayer. You are in reality because you are placed in the reality of the all of God and the nothing of man. Oh, wow, did you hear that? You are, when you give up self, when you are dead to self, when you allow Christ to rule you fully, inwardly, body, soul, spirit, every part of your emotions, memories, past, future, all your motives, when you allow that sword to divide between spirit and soul, and between the, the intentions and the motives of the heart, when you allow the Christ to rule in us fully, then you are drawn away from your own soulish and human methods of prayer. You are in reality because you are placed in the reality of the all of God and the nothing of man. You see, that's the secret. That's where I want to go. That's what I want. I want to be in the reality of the all of God and the nothing of man. The nothing of the part of us that's fallen. The nothing of the part of us that is selfish and flesh, fleshly and human. The nothing part of us that's human in the sense of the fallen nature of man. I want that part so that I'm placed in the reality of the all of God and the nothing of man. And another way of putting it is we are dead to self. We're crucified with Christ. No longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. So therefore, you it's no longer I that live. We should be at a place where it's no longer us that live. It's no longer I that live. But we have entered into the sovereignty, the, the fullness, the all of God. All that he is. All that he is. We become, as he is, so are we in the world. We can read scriptures like that all day long, but there's a reality when we can move into that, that place of being like Christ, walking in the fullness, entering into habitation, so that it's not about ascending, it's not about doing our own, our own thing, it's about entering into the fullness of who he is, so that we have the all of God, and in nothing of man. This is Stephen McKee and this is Wisdom's Echo.